2: Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Roto World Football Podcast. Thank you so much for making it the most important podcast in the universe. My name is Josh Norris. Thank you for listening to the early episode this week with Matt Waldman, who just posted his rookie scouting portfolio, the 2019 version. Go and listen to that episode. It's so informative. Matt's one of the best out there. Uh, today's another prospect interview. I'm going to be talking with Andy Isabella, a wide receiver out of UMass, 5'9, 188 pounds. War number 23 and number five during his time in college actually has three straight seasons of 60 plus receptions, 62 catches, 801 yards and seven touchdowns in 2016, 65 catches over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns in 2017, and 102 catches, almost 1,700 yards and 13 in 2018. He's a player that I talked about with Mike Renner back a few episodes ago. We'll get into this a little bit with Andy, but just that. He's the shorter white receiver. So a lot of people are going to stereotype him as a slot guy, but he really does succeed on the outside quite a bit as well. If you enjoy this for any moment, be sure to hit that subscribe button. If you're already subscribed, really appreciate it. Also leave a writing or review. We're hitting draft season, two weeks away. So the more, the merrier here for the Old Football Podcast. So even though Andy went to UMass, he's actually from the Cleveland, Ohio area. So I gathered that he was a Browns fan growing up. So I just asked them to start this conversation. What's it been like to observe the Browns in these last few years when really there's a lot of optimism surrounding a team that, that hasn't had a lot of optimism in quite some time?
1: No, oh, I, I think it's awesome. I mean, I mean it kind of sucks now that I'm going. <laughs> Probably 100% <laughs> positive not going to the Browns. <laughs> so, uh, But it, it's it's cool to see everyone, everyone. I know I've been back in Cleveland for the last two weeks, and that's all anyone's talking about is how good the Browns are going to be. So I, I think it's I think it's a pretty cool thing, but unfortunately I won't be able to cheer for. Them.
2: <laughs> I'm sure it'd be pretty cool to score a touchdown against them one day.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm actually I'm actually downtown right now,
1: and we drove down. I just got just uh, drove by the Brown Stadium. and I'm like, got all uh, googly eyed over it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. <it.
2: laughs> well, let, let me take you back uh, a number of years. Okay, I, I believe I read that the first time you scored a touchdown in youth football, you took it 70 yards at running back and you did a front flip into the end zone. <laughs> you did your research on me, huh? There we go.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, hard. that's probably a hard one to find. But, yeah, no, I did that. Uh, it was actually against my uh, – I actually went to high school against that team. I did that against – we lived in a different county at the time, and then we actually moved to that county. So when I went to Mayfield, I was always like, you know, my first touchdown, first game I ever played was against Mayfield. Then I ended up going to Mayfield in high school. <laughs> but uh, it, I always loved football. That was the first time I, I, I actually playing the game was when I was in like sixth grade and I had been looking forward to that to play football since I was like since I was like born I had a football in my hand so getting the opportunity to finally get to play football and then scoring a touchdown I, uh, I mean I was like that little kid watching highlights all how it takes all day and that's all I saw I was NFL players diving into the end zone <laughs> so that's what I did <laughs> my coach came over and was like hey get injured and then I almost got flagged the second time. I like went and spiked the ball and stuff, and the ref like, came up to me like, dude, you can't do that. In Little League, if you score two touchdowns, they kick you out. They, they don't let you play the rest of the game because you're up by a certain point, so then I didn't get to play the rest of the game.
2: That's hilarious, man. That's great. You're also a sprinter. You're like a well-decorated sprinter. Um, I'll, I'll just go through your resume a little bit. Uh, you beat Denzel Ward, who, as we know, we are just talking about the Cleveland Browns, was a top five pick for them in the 100 and 200. and did I read correctly that you ran the nation's best six seven two sixty? I mean, that's some high accolades, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you. Um, it was sprinting is very competitive, and so, so you're all on, you're all on your own. There's no no one you're relying on. So, I mean, I always I always like running track just for the competitive part of it. And um, was very fortunate enough to uh, be pretty successful. Yeah, we had, that's what actually got me in the UMass was the, the fastest time in the sixty hmm. is what. I ended up with, with why the reason why Whipple offered me? Yeah, the the hundred and two. I won the hundred at states, and then I didn't. I did not win the two hundred at states. I won at regionals, but did not win at states. So,
2: <laughs> I won. I didn't win the 100. What's the uh, difference in the mindset of preparing for a race when you have basically just like one opportunity uh, to win that title versus preparing for a football game and the mindset entering that football field?
1: Well, in track, I think it's all yourself. I mean, I remember I was I was so nervous for that hundred meter final, and I, I already won a one state championship, but we were going up. Denzel actually didn't run in the the finals. He actually fall started in the prelims. But um, there was another kid that actually actually at Ohio State now, uh, Nick Gray, that's killing it. Um, and he he was in the finals too. And um, I remember I just went up to my coach, and he was like, I was like, what what do you think? And he's like, he's like, and he was a great guy. He coached a bunch of Olympians. He was an older guy, hmm. um, and just had retired and was coaching at the high school level. He's just like, relax. He's like, you know what you've done. You you've done it before, and it's Basically, just, it's all you and, and track and football's mindset. Well, yeah, you have to get everyone on the same page. You can't just be focused on yourself. Almost.
2: Taking it now to your career at UMass, I saw on Instagram that you had a super positive post about your position coach there and Leonard Hankerson. Obviously, we all know from following the NFL Leonard Hankerson's name, but you talked about how much he, he taught you about football and also about life. Could you go into that a little bit more and maybe share a few details about your relationship and and things he taught you along the way?
1: I think I think Coach Hank was probably like maybe the best coach I ever ever had in any any sports. Um, just how dedicated he was to to us and it, and it showed. I mean, I would I would get pissed because he would like almost try to out-compete me sometimes. <laughs> or he would try to stay in the office longer than me. Or he would try to like work harder than me. And he was he was just a coach, so he he pushed me to limit that. Every thought I would be pushed before he. I mean, I remember a bunch of, bunch of practices and stuff, and he was out there every every time after practice for 20 minutes. He said, "If you want extra work, then you're out here," and he, it would piss me off because I was like, "Damn, we just worked out, but I can't leave the field because this dude's out here working." But he and he had us in film room till, I mean, I would get pissed because I would have so much homework to do, and everyone else would be leaving at like 5 p.m. and we would be sitting in film until 9 p.m. <laughs> but um awesome. I, I i love it because it taught me it taught me so much it taught me uh how how, how bad he kind of wanted what it takes to maybe uh play at the next level and he and he taught me all his little tricks that he did at the next level too And i think that really what elevated my game this year um from just a thousand yards to almost 1700 so i have a lot of uh praise and good good thing for coach uh hank and i know he just got a job down at Stephen austin so he's gonna He's going to kill it there. I know he's going to bring the same energy he did at UMass.
2: Kind of sounds like a relationship you'll carry with you like throughout your entire career.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, uh stay in contact with him here and there. He's got a busy busy life. He just, right. he just had another kid.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, uh, yeah, that's always good hearing from him.
2: So you go from working with Leonard Hankerson at UMass to now in the pre-draft process doing some work with uh, a fellow named Randy Moss. Um, I mean, wow, there's 100 questions I could ask here. But, I mean, Randy Moss, I mean, one of the best receivers in the history of the NFL. I will say this, like, you two play the same position, but come in different packages, if I can say it that way. Um, What can he teach you in the style of game that he has versus what you can pick up in the style of game that you have?
1: Uh, What what Randy really teaches, he's he's an intense, intense coach. And what he, he really teaches is, like, the mental aspect of it, and his big thing is, you should just be able to run for days, almost. So he had us out there running, running the whole day, <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people were surprised his workouts <laughs> because it was just like. And I, and when I, um, when it, I was weird because it was just me and this other receiver, uh, smaller school receiver that were the only guys that came down here to train with Randy Moss. And it was like it was like why is no one trained with Randy Moss? Like <laughs> you would think everyone would want to, want to train with Randy Moss, but after uh, working one day with Randy Moss, I was like I don't think anyone who <laughs> would want to work with Randy or would <laughs> would be able to survive Randy's workout. <laughs> but I love that. That's how that's the style of coaching I really I really appreciate and like. I, I like having someone really pushing me to my limits and um he taught me a lot of mental aspects of how to how to make my game basically how to mentally prepare myself and how to play when you're tired and and basically just basically you get to outwork everyone else and mm-hmm. basically when everyone else gets tired you're you're still able able to go.
2: Yeah, I saw a video of him putting you through a workout, and he was loud, Andy. Uh, that wasn't just for the camera. He's loud every day.
1: Uh, he he doesn't like the camera. He would be pissed. If, <laughs> he gets pissed if you uh, recorded anything. <laughs> that's the an intense guy, but that's 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 a that's a good style of coach. Cool, and I man. think, I mean, I expect the coach to be hard on me. I, I'm going to be hard like on the coach. I expect I expect to be worked hard, and I mean, so he expects me to work hard back, and I like that style
2: of coaching. Um, hopefully you give me an honest answer here. Are you even old enough to remember Randy Moss before he was with the New England Patriots? Like, do you remember Randy Moss at all with the Minnesota Vikings or something like you go back and look at old YouTube highlights and just see how he was just an <laughs> absolute stud throughout his entire career?
1: Yeah, I definitely I definitely watched some highlights yeah. before I, I went, worked out with him. But, but I, did, I, did, I remember
2: watching him with the Patriots, so that was, I watched him a lot during that. Yeah. It was his last couple of years uh, in the NFL. We're going to take a quick break right here for a word from our sponsor. Texting and driving isn't just a dangerous problem. It's deadly. And if you drive while distracted, you're three times more likely to crash. But far too many people still don't recognize the dangers. Did you know that when you send or receive a text, you take your eyes off the road for five seconds? And at 55 miles per hour, that's like driving more than the length of a football field with your eyes closed. Between 2012 and 2017, nearly 20,000 people died in crashes involving a distracted driver. And if your own safety isn't enough reason to stop driving while distracted, here's another one. It's also illegal. That's why cops are writing tickets to anyone caught texting while driving. They're doing it to save lives. So remember, if you text while driving, you will get caught. You drive, you text, you pay. This message has been paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. NHTSA is working hard to combat texting while driving. And now, back to Andy Isabella. So, you're in this interesting position, uh, Andy, because obviously at UMass, you played a lot in the slot, but you also played a ton outside and were one of the best vertical threats in all of college football. Um, I think in some ways, and I'll say this, you don't have to say this, you might have to beat the stereotype a little bit and it's not necessarily fair to you but I think that that's just you know decision makers might be stuck in their ways where they look at you they see your style and yes you can succeed outside the slot but they might just look at you in the slot is that something like you're actively thinking about or that you've talked with teams about or are you just comfortable wherever they put you you're going to succeed in?
1: yeah it's more of I think I'm not really thinking about wherever they're going to play me if, I know it's going to just like when I got to UMass I mean I started off on just special teams and made my way to the slot and then made my way outside my junior. So I think it's just a natural progression and it's how hard I'm going to work to if I want a good spot and how focused I'm going to be throughout the throughout this whole uh, journey and if I stay focused I think that uh, they will overlook that height just like at UMass where I went from special teams to slot receiver to outside then I think it, I can make the same progression hopefully in the NFL.
2: Could you tell me a little bit about the kids of 216? Oh yeah, my, my um me and my, I help my cousin,
1: she runs a, a program, the name's Steph, Steph Buddha. She runs the kids of 216, and she um, gets kids that are just out of high school that aren't going to college, that are maybe working at a lower-level job that really can't support themselves or, or a family or maybe even their kids, uh, some of these kids in the inner city. And um, she takes these inner city kids, and they do, um, they re- basically go to uh, houses in the inner city and basically remodel the homes and, like, clean up clean up basically the inner city. And, um, she has contractors come in from businesses and, um, they, those contractors, uh, work with the kids. And then at the goal at the end is having those contractors hire the kids Hmm. and the, those jobs usually, um, help those kids support themselves and hopefully a family one day. So it's a great thing that she does. And that's one of the things I want to help her with as I, I go along, go along on this process. And, um, yeah so she's she's still going with that uh she does it is just in the summer though. she does it's like a summer vocational yeah. program but uh it's definitely something really cool i actually got the chance to actually be with the kids last year for a week while i was home and and it, it was it was a fun it was a tough it was a tough experience it was a tough job we were we were um i, I was uh ripping out nails for <laughs> out of this old uh <laughs> old house for like eight eight for eight hours sweating so my butt off in like ninety degree no air conditioning <laughs> but it's definitely uh it was definitely a good experience and um, a great thing that she does, and something that I hope I can help her out with um, in the years to come. I know she's she had about she only had eight kids last year. She had she had sixteen the previous year, but um, all eight kids got um jobs this year. with Wow, that's and, awesome! So, so hopefully she she has already has uh, applications are coming in for this year, and hopefully she'll have a good result this year.
2: For a super productive college receiver, Andy, you certainly put yourselves in hardworking situations. That's uh. That's what I've learned. So what I like to do whenever I talk with prospects is go through a few of like their big plays in the last couple of years and maybe you can put me like take me into that moment, either when the play was called or what happened during it, or even that game if you don't want to go that specific what the play call is. Do you mind if we do that? Could that be fun?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for
2: okay. Sure. So in twenty eighteen at home against USF, it's first and ten. You were down forty eight to twenty one in the third quarter, three thirty left. Do you remember what happens?
1: Yeah, I think uh, it was like a 55-yard touchdown, maybe.
2: Yeah, I mean, but it's not just like, you know, a simple 55-yard touchdown when no one's touching you and you're running down the field. Like, there's a little more effort on your part.
1: So I I broke the huddle, and um, I'm looking at the cornerback. He's playing outside leverage, so I'm like, I'm like, damn, this is probably dead, because cover one, I'm going to have to take inside release. I kind of lined up a little inside. So I just went with the inside release, and I think I surprised him a little. Hmm. I blew by him, and then the safety really didn't get back on his hash, our quarterback did a good job of looking them off and just launched it. And when I looked up at the ball, I was like, crap, <laughs> I do I'm going to get there. I put my head down, ran a little, looked up, and I almost <laughs> overran the ball. I caught it. And then uh, the two guys jumped on me, but they, they didn't really want to tackle. They were just like, I'll get on to me. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm about to score.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you dragged two dudes from like the five-yard line into the end zone. <laughs> so yeah, scored
1: it. Where does that up? At that point, so I was like, I got to get a touchdown, too. Like, the game was almost over.
2: Where does that yards <laughs> after catch capability mindset come from?
1: It's, it's just I think I like I like watching guys um, like Golden Tate and those guys. I know Golden Tate called himself the Yak King, so
2: yeah.
1: hopefully I'll be able to challenge in this year. That's fun. That's
2: fun. Uh, okay, <laughs> <I'll>, Yak King. <laughs> ha- I'll do one more. Okay, I know you got to go. Uh, sure. Versus Mississippi State in 2017, uh, third and eleven, 27-20, third quarter, 3:20 left. Any idea what happens here?
1: Mississippi State, 2017.
2: So you motion. So it's third quarter, three twenty left. I mean, Uh-oh. it's a tight game, twenty seven twenty, man. Um, the 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 formation is, I, I believe it's it's multiple tight ends. They kind of motion you close to the formation. Oh, uh,
1: that, yeah. that was fourth and one though. That was fourth
2: and one. Oh, it's fourth and one. My bad.
1: Yeah, it was like a little. Uh, it was fourth and one, and usually we we're going to run the ball, but our coach. or it, was, it might have been third and one. It was third and one. Or, it might have been third and one. If I'm mistaken, but. I know our running back was like, Yeah, give me the ball. And Coach Whip was like, No, we're scoring <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said that running back running back like Give me the ball, I'll get the first down. Whip is like, No, we're scoring <laughs> He's like, Izzy, he? we're putting you on it we got the we're doing the play. We had to run it we had to just started running in practice where he's would motion me and I just do a little post. But uh, when I ran it the guy had jumped inside so I was like, damn so I kinda made a little move outside. Did so you go outside, but then he jumped outside. So I just and I just went back inside and went up to see him and same thing. Our quarterback launched it. I don't even think he saw where I was. He just threw it, <laughs> and I was like, "Crap again!" This ball is long as hell. So I just put my head down again ran, and ran. So I don't know how I caught that one. I, I didn't even like have my hands on it. it. Just hit my like forearms. But luckily, I don't even think I saw the ball. I was running so fast. Like caught it and got. Tack- I was. I got tackled up. We, that would have been a big. I think we would have won the game if I would have scored. Because then we ended up not scoring that possession.
2: I sense oh. a theme here, Andy. Like basically, you just run as fast as you can, and your quarterback's trying to throw it as far <laughs> as he can. Um, but I mean, there there is some nuance to that play in that you basically froze the cornerback completely in his tracks. Is that like the play the the day after, or the week after, in the in film sessions where you rewind back in slow mo, forward and in slow mo? It's funny sh- you
1: said that because I didn't really I didn't really realize what I did. I didn't, I didn't really realize because it's all instincts when you're on the field. Finally, right. I was thinking about it then we watched the film and coach is like where'd you learn this release I was like I
2: don't know I don't think I learned anywhere <laughs> yeah it's like one of those uh crossovers in basketball where the guy falls down that's basically yeah, what you yeah, did that's that like
1: he's like he's like he's like nice release here I'm like, he's like I don't know where I learned I was like I don't know where, where that came from
2: <laughs> Andy thanks so much buddy um no problem, yeah, yeah good, good luck through the rest of your draft process big fan of your game as you can tell uh and can't wait to see you score against the Cleveland Browns one day <laughs>
0: Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.
2: The legends are true!
1: Overwhelming power! Sauce of destiny! Yes!